Howdy and welcome to the 10-Week Bible Study. This is week four, day one of our study of Galatians and Colossians. I'm your host, Darren Hibbs, and today we're talking about Galatians 4, 1 through 7. Well, welcome back to the 10-Week Bible Study. Again, I'm your host, Darren Hibbs. And before we get started, I want to encourage you to remember to read Galatians and Colossians 10 times in these next 10 weeks. It really can transform your life and how you encounter Scripture. It's uh, just an amazing way to study God's Word. With that, let's go ahead and pray before we start today. Lord, would you open our eyes and our ears to hear what your Word has to say to us, God? Speak to us and fill our hearts with the knowledge of you. We want to know you and encounter you in your Word today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. With that, let's go ahead and jump into God's Word. I'll be reading today from the NIV. This is Galatians 4, starting in verse 1. What I am saying is that as long as an heir is underage... He is no different from a slave, although he owns the whole estate. Let's pause right there. We're going back to Galatians chapter 3. Paul is continuing a thought from uh, the previous chapter where he's talking about how we are before Jesus came. We collectively, mankind, those people that believe in God, the one true God, they were... uh, guardians underneath the law. He's saying that the law was our guardian. And so now he's continuing on saying, what I mean, what I'm saying is as long as that, you know, an heir is underage, you know, you're no different from a slave, right? There's, there's caretakers, there's guardians. So if, if daddy is super rich and has this massive estate and he dies and you're 12, Nobody in their right mind is going to come and take all of that great wealth. Let's say he's a billionaire. They're not going to take billions of dollars because it's going to be in assets and in all of these different things, right? You're going to have properties. You're going to have investments and businesses and all of this stuff. No one's going to take all of that and give it to a 12-year-old and say, good luck. Like, Good luck with all of that. I mean, it's it the that twelve year old will it'll just destroy them, right? They can't handle the pressure of all the the management that goes with that. They can't they can't handle it. There's no way, and so there's always. I mean, people that have that kind of wealth, there's always provisions that if they kick the bucket and it goes to the kids, that there's a period of time before they get. There's going to be people who are going to steward all of that. And then when the the child is deemed old enough, and that's probably going to be set forth in a will or something like that, that, that they're going to receive all of that when they're ready, when they are at least somewhat capable of being able to handle the, the money and the responsibility and all of that. And so, again, that's not anything new. Paul is saying the same thing. That's how people did this back then. There's always been wealthy people. There's always been ways of dealing with this just like we do now. And so that's what Paul is alluding to here is that, you know, you may be an heir if you're 12 and let's say daddy or whoever is still around and has all this money, you're living on the property. But even if you're an heir, you're still not in charge of it. You're not in control of it. And so you are still essentially what Paul is saying, no different than a slave, uh, you know, a, a servant, a hired hand working for daddy, you're all kind of in the same boat. The only difference here is that the heir actually is going to inherit it. That's what Paul's going to go on to say. Let's continue on verse two. 
The heir is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. So also, when we were under age, we were in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. So again, this is kind of going back to that, like daddy is dead and you know, you're, you're going to inherit it, but not until you're the right age. For whatever point, there is someone else in charge of the estate and you don't look a lot different, right? You are different if you're the heir, but you don't look much different than all of the rest of the hired hands, right? And so there's trustees and guardians watching over everything for the father and really for the heir that still doesn't look any different, right? And so then Paul says this really weird statement, and this is just one of the strangest statements, I think, in Galatians, is he's saying that, you know, when we were underage, we're in slavery under the this phrase, the elemental spiritual forces of the world. There's a lot of people that make a lot of that I'm sure there's probably some things that you can pull from that that are are deep that Paul may have intended. But generally speaking, let's look at this and say what Paul is saying is, uh, and we're going to see this later in the book of Galatians, the elemental spiritual forces are those all, all of those things that tug on us, all of the... Uh, temptations and sins and all of that kind of stuff. We are under slavery essentially to sin is how Paul puts it in so many other places. Verse four. But when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. So what Paul's saying here is that just like us, Jesus came, he was born of a woman. He's a human. He's a person. He was born of a woman just like us. He was born under the law, just like we were collectively. We were before Jesus came born under the law, meaning that we were subservient. We were under this guardianship of the law. And remember, we're going back to how the law is there to proclaim that we're sinners It's not there for us to live up to it. It's there to show us that we're sinners and we need something outside of ourselves to redeem us, to justify us. We cannot find a way to self-justify under the law. We can't find a way to obey all of the law and therefore say, I'm I'm my own justification because I have obeyed everything in the law. It's not possible. And that's what the purpose of the law was, was to show us that we needed redemption. We needed a savior. Jesus came and became that. The interesting switch that Paul makes here is he says that we are going to receive, because of Jesus, adoption unto sonship meaning that we were slaves, but now because of Jesus, we're actually getting grafted into the family. We're getting adopted into the family because of Jesus. Verse six, because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba, Father. 
So you are no longer a slave, but are God's child. And since you are his child, God has also made you an heir. This idea, the, the, the comparing and contrasting that Paul is going to do here with the slave versus the heir is going to permeate this chapter. But this is a huge, huge thing right here, right? We're no longer slaves. God has adopted us. Because of Jesus, God has adopted us. Those who put our faith in him, we have been adopted into his family and we have now become heirs of God, children of God. Think about that. Right, The one who is going to make the decision about where you spend eternity says, I consider you a son, a daughter. You are an heir of mine because of my son, Jesus. The promise, this is coming full circle here. The promise to Abraham was that he was going to, God was going to send him a seed, a singular seed, capital S, seed, He's going to send this seed and through the seed, the promises, all the promises would be fulfilled. And because we put our faith in Jesus, that seed, we become, as Paul said, heirs of that promise, the promise of Abraham, the promise of faith. By faith in Jesus, we become co-heirs with Abraham. We get grafted into this family. Paul says there's no Jew, there's no Gentile, there's no man or woman, slave or free. Everyone who calls on the name of Jesus gets grafted into this tree, gets gets adopted into this family so that now God calls us sons and daughters if we put our faith in Jesus. For the 10-week Bible study, I'm your host, Darren Hibbs, and I can't wait to see you next time. Hey, thanks for tuning into the 10-Week Bible Study Podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast, would you consider leaving a review for it on your podcast app of choice? It really helps other people find out about this podcast, and my heart is for people to fall in love with God's Word. Thank you.